friends, and welcome to Weinfeld, the podcast with taste. I know that I have been in the past coming up with a new funny tagline for the show every episode, but um, when I set up my RSS feed on iTunes, I just wrote podcast with taste, and I thought, you know what? I like that. I'm going to keep it. It's going to be the official tagline. So we have an official tagline, friends. It is the podcast with taste. I am your host, Miles Teller. I'm still not going to tell you my real name because I am afraid of being outed as a comedy person. I'm probably more afraid of my parents and extended family finding out that I am pursuing comedy than I am of them finding out that I'm, like, bisexual. (laughs) I'm probably more scared of that. I'm very scared of both. But, you know, for someone who's scared of people knowing their personal details, I sure do put a lot of stuff on the internet. Well, it is the last day of August, I believe. We are getting ready to roll into September! Fall is around the corner, and you know what that means? We can finally start saying winter is coming all the time, for all you Game of Thrones fans. Well, I have a brand new guest here today. I have my friend Amanda Katita here. Hello, Amanda. Hello. How are you today? I'm great, Miles. How are you? (laughs) Oh, you know, doing all right. Have a day off. It's always really nice not to wake up at 4 a.m. Amen to that. Amanda also works very early shifts. I do not state where we work on this podcast, but I will disclose that Amanda and I work at the same location at the same time every day. But you're better at getting up at 4 a.m. than I am, I think. Yeah, I go to bed at 730. 730? <laughs> yes. So you just put your kid to bed and go right Pretty go much, right usually. You know what? You're the first parent to be on this podcast. How does it feel to make Weinfeld history? Feels amazing. You uh, have so much wisdom to impart. Breaking boundaries and whatnot. <laughs> Parents can be cool too. Yes. <laughs> You're cooler than most of the non-parents I know. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'd like to think so. Uh, yeah, it, means, it just means your kid's going to either be really cool or grow up feeling like he's living in your shadow the entire time. Nah. I'd hate that. Um, (laughs) I don't know how that goes. I mean, I didn't have, like, cool parents. I mean, they were, like, my parents definitely, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, my parents suck. I'm just saying, like, that my mom didn't know who Beyonce was until I told her. So, (laughs) like, I'm not sure. I've always rested pretty secure in the idea that I am cooler than my parents. Sorry, parents. Not that you know. Not that you know that this podcast exists. But if you ever hear this, I'm sorry. You're cool in your own ways. So, Amanda, describe describe to us your your bedtime like procedures. Like when you, what do you do? Because every child needs their own sort of like bedtime routine. So, how uh, does how does a, a bedtime in your household go? Well. I'm one of the lucky ones uh, in, in my household. My son, who is almost five, uh, he will um, he'll probably be playing a video game uh, around seven, and 
I say, it's almost bedtime. And then he goes, oh, pretty soon. <laughs> and then uh, 7.25, he's jumping into bed. And uh, and I tuck him in and give him some uh, multivitamin gummies because mm-hmm. that's a really good way to get him in bed. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then um, we sing a song, usually uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider or... Um, <laughs> If we want it to be fast, row, row, row your boat. <laughs> and if my husband's there, we'll both give him a kiss goodnight. And by 7.30, we're out of his room. And uh, then I set aside clothes for the next morning. And if there's not a new episode of some horrible show like The Bachelor, <laughs> then I will pass out pretty quickly if I decide not to take a shower and be dirty the next morning. <laughs> that is amazing. Like, it takes more for me to put myself to bed and I am an adult person I have to like check every single website on the internet like five times <laughs> then I'll turn I'll turn I'll finally like turn my computer off <laughs> then I have to meditate for anywhere between half an hour to an hour and then maybe I'll be able to go to sleep meditate or masturbate that's the question <laughs> actually both <laughs> Both are a part of every so, night. Some nights we get to bed a little bit later. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I call it the two M's of bedtime. <laughs> nice way to, to knock yourself out. Nightcap. Whew. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I have just recently started meditating every single night. It is not easy to do. No, I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> How old were you? Okay, if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to, but I'm just going to ask, how old were you when you first masturbated? I was 11. Really? My mom had a stash of, like, early 80s pornos under our cabinet, and one of them was called, sorry, Mom, I hope you don't hear this, but you know it's the truth, one was called Tracy's Big Trick. When I first found it, I thought it was said Tracy's Big Truck, and I thought, this this is one of my old cartoons from when I was a kid. I was really excited, you know, this old VHS tape with, like, and I put it in, and I learned how to masturbate, so. Oh, my God, that is a great story. It never ended after that. Oh, my God. Okay, I was... I was a late bloomer in all things. My parents were very effective at the, uh fear-based parenting. Like, I fully believed that if I did anything slightly unconventional that I would pay for it so badly. So I was, even when I was like 17, 18 years old, I was still too terrified to do most things. But when I hit about 18, that's when I just did everything. Like, weed, getting drunk, sex, smoking, all of it. I did all of it, like, once I turned 18. I did nothing before 18, and then just did all of it. At once, but I remember, like, I would try to masturbate, but it wouldn't, like, do anything, and I I couldn't figure it out for the longest time, and I was basically just relying on, like, the internet, like, Cosmo articles on the internet to figure out how to do it, (laughs) and then I was, I read, like, get a vibrator, and I was like, okay, um... Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, because I think that I probably need some help here. So, this is, when I was 18, I was still, I lived with my parents for, like, most of that year. Then after that, I, I moved out, and I haven't lived with them since. But I was living with my parents. I had dropped out of college. I was working, like, part-time at 
like a kitchen supply outlet store. So I just had nothing going on. I was so depressed. And one day my mom and my sister and I went to the mall and I was like, Hey, I'm going to just go like, look at some clothes. I'll be back. And I went to a Spencer's. Spencer's, I knew it! I went to a Spencer's <laughs> and bought a vibrator. And I was so, like, uncomfortable and nervous. I, like, dropped my, cre- like, debit card. And I was, like, trying to pay. And I was just, like, all mumbling. And and it was terrible. But then I, like, got it and, like, hid it in my purse. And then <laughs> I went home and nothing was the same again after that day. Life has changed. <laughs> now I... That is a staple of my possessions. Wow, I really hope my parents never discover that this podcast <laughs> exists. I have two vibrators and I don't like them. Really? I do. And and I, I talk about late bloomers. I only got them in the last month. Really? First ones ever. Yes, my husband ordered them for me. Um, I don't like them. What kind are they? Are they like the bullet kind? Or the uh-huh. like, okay. There's two different kinds. Yeah, two yeah. different ones. One's metal and one is plastic. Um... And man, I they're too intense for me. Really? See, I need I another need, person. I need yeah. a lot of extra help. Mm. So it helps me to have those around for myself or for with other people. Like it's not it's not easy for me to achieve orgasm. <laughs> that feels not like a gross way to say us. that. <laughs> but no. yeah. <laughs> it takes but I a feel while. Like, I feel like I have like, it's especially hard for me, I think. I don't know. I finally, after a couple of years, like, I am able to take care of myself without a vibrator. But it just takes a really long time, and it's not, like, it's so much exercise that I don't yeah. want to do. Bulk so, up that finger. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't usually do that, but that's that's me, you know? Everyone is different. You have to learn yourself. I go through, like, phases where I exercise, and I think I'm I'm starting another exercise phase, because I, like, I'm 20 pounds heavier now than I was this time last year, which is weird to me, because since that time, I have, I have gone vegan again, because I was, and then I stopped for a while, and then I started eating vegan again, and... I got a bike and have been biking everywhere, but for some reason I've gained like 20 pounds, but I don't know. Do you exercise? (laughs) No. I walk a lot. Um, I do a lot of walking and I'm pretty much the opposite. I eat like meat and cheese (laughs) and veggies and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so this time last year I was about, Oh, 50 pounds heavier. I'd really? Say. Yeah. Wow. So I've lost 70, about 75 at this point in total. Cause I just went down another pants size. So yeah. And I'm not going to like say any way of eating is better than any other way. I just yeah. know what works for me. Yeah. So yeah. This is, this is going to be my lifestyle. I've really tried to make it a lot more vegetable he- uh, heavy than, than me. Obviously yeah. that's just the better way to go. But, um, well, see, I eat a lot of, I don't even eat that many carbs, but I eat so much sugar, I've noticed, so... That'll do it. <laughs> the past... I've been... Oh, I'm, no. on, I'm on day five of a sugar detox, Good. so I haven't had any sugar yeah. at all. And I read somewhere that if you go, like, just a couple days without sugar, like, your palate starts readjusting and things start tasting sweeter. So I've I been... Yeah. I used to eat, like, a muffin every morning for breakfast, but instead I've just been eating oatmeal, like, yeah. without any sugar or anything Good. every morning. 
Man. And the first two days, I was like, this is disgusting. This oatmeal is so yes. gross. But then the past couple of days, I've been like, you know what? This actually tastes pretty good. It's like, kind of sweet and nutty. Yeah. You'll yeah, I can it. taste the flavors in it now. Awesome. So that's, Yay. you know. Berries. I, berries are really low in sugar. Add berries to everything. Really? Yes. But they're so I, sweet. They're so sweet, but they're really low in sugar, and you can always add some Truvia. Yeah. That's what I do. I eat, like, pounds of berries, like, at, oh, I, when I'm PMSing, I'll just eat, like, two pounds of strawberries. Hmm, that's yeah. good. I like most berries. Do berries. Uh, oh my god, I keep spilling this wine all over my carpet. Oh well. <laughs> well, Molly and I have been talking about cleaning our carpets. Maybe one day we'll do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks like somebody, looks like, bled like, yeah. to death on, on Yeah, it's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Uh, okay <laughs> whatever i'll fix it someday i i yeah when i save up enough money to get these carpets like steam cleaned i'm gonna have to do that or i barely have enough money just to get through my life but hopefully that will change soon because i am up for a performance review me too next month Woo! Ah, that will be nice that means that i have been working at our current place of employment for almost a year at this point that's crazy i there's only one other job that i've ever had that i stayed at for a full year nice i'm not good at sticking with things so you know we'll see (sighs) (laughs) all right well amanda and i are going to take a quick break and then we are going to come back to discuss this wine that we have today so, and then after that, of course, we will talk about an episode of Seinfeld. It's a really good one, so stay tuned. All right, friends. Uh, I'll see you in a couple minutes! Hello, friends, and welcome back! <laughs> it's Weinfeld Episode 7 <laughs> Wine Segment Time! Ooh. I forgot to mention in the intro, I just want to throw this out here real fast, I did mention that I am on iTunes now, which is really cool. And I just wanted to take a second to remind you guys that if you are listening to this via any other sort of way, you can subscribe to me on iTunes now. It's under Weinfeld. Just look it up. And if you listen, it would be awesome if you would rate and review the show on iTunes. Because right now there is one review up, and it was written by me. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) it would be nice, you know. It doesn't take long to do. It's a simple way to show your support for me, your content creator friend. Because Lord knows we need more content (laughs) in the universe. And, yeah. So, yeah, rate review. If you have a app that you use to subscribe to rss feeds or podcasts and it's not through itunes you can subscribe to me at feeds dot no wait yes feeds dot dot com slash weinfeld you can find me there too or you can just keep listening to the individual episodes on soundcloud so yeah a bunch of different ways to get me now you have no excuse for not listening to me amanda yeah who has never listened to no, my podcast before guesting on it it's okay. Mm. It's okay. I know you're busy. I listen to too much uh, 90s pop music in the morning. <laughs> oh, 90s pop music is so good. Yeah. I, I would choose 90s pop over my own podcast, too. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, so we're, we're here to talk about wine today. 
I asked Amanda what type of wine she likes, and she said dry red wines. So I picked out a Merlot for today, which I have not done so far on this podcast. I don't think we've done Merlot. And I didn't have a lot of money to pick out a nice Merlot because Friday, it's Monday today, Friday's payday, so I'm, you know, scraping by at this point. So I, I bought like a $10 bottle, so it's, you know, it's not great, but whatever. Um, I got it because it, it says the brand is Fat Bastard, and I was like, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. It's got a picture of a hippo on the front, <laughs> and it says remarkably full-bodied on the front label. So it's from 2012, which I think is the earliest wine that I have bought so far. So that's interesting. Red wines, if you remember from previous episodes, red wines are the ones that you want to be aged. So that's good. Um, Amanda, I usually have my guest read the back label of the wine for us before we discuss. So would you like to get started? On the origin of the fat bastard, (laughs) good friends, Terry, renowned French winemaker and guy, British wine industry rebel, created (laughs) fat bastard almost by accident. It started out as an experiment Terry had been doing in the back of his cellar, leaving a barrel On the lees, or yeast cells. He didn't know what to expect, but when the friends tried the wine, Terry exclaimed, Now this is what you call feed the bastard! (laughs) Read with a strong French accent. This very British expression perfectly described the wine's wonderful color and round, rich palate. So that's what they called it. Um, Government warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should (laughs) not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Yada, yada, we're not pregnant. Okay. Um, Or are we? Just kidding. I'm not pregnant. Well, looking at your floor, one would know. No. (laughs) Looks like we had our... Oh, well, yes. it looks like I, I had my... Yeah, okay. Okay. Also, I haven't had sex in, like, three months at this point, so... <laughs> no comment. I'm single, internet! <laughs> I, uh... Miles is single. I spend all my time just, like... <clears throat> like... Gazing at crushes who I will never speak to and who I just build up and idolize in my head, but will never actually have a conversation with. Yes. So, Amanda knows all about that. I spend, like, way too much time just being like, Amanda, this cute person at work is someone that I just think about all the time, but I'm never going to speak to them. So every time I see them, I think, God, I need to say something, but I never do because I know Ashley. Oh. It's okay. No, they they know my first name. (laughs) It's okay. You can tell them. Okay. (laughs) Honestly, you can say my name. That's fine. I just don't, like... I don't type it in when I, like, post these episodes because I don't want it to be Googleable. No, it's okay. Okay. If people listen and they hear my name, that's totally fine, but I don't want someone to be able to, like, type my name into Google and have this podcast come up. Nice. Yes. Because I know for a fact that my parents both Google search me to see what comes up. Are you kidding me? Well, I don't know for a fact, what? but I'm pretty sure. I had a conversation with my dad once that led me to believe that he is, like, searching me on the internet to find what I'm Jeez. posting, so. What? Yeah, he got really upset with me for some, like humor posts I'd written on this humor blog I used to write on, and he was, like, telling me how I was 
embarrassing the family by doing that. So, so now I make sure that my comedy stuff is not Googleable. Excellent. My parents don't even know that I'm starting improv class, so. <laughs> They're not, I could become, like, I'll move to L.A. and be, like, a famous comedian and just never tell my parents. <laughs> They'll just think that I'm, like, I don't know, mm. like, a cashier or something for yes. the rest of my life. <laughs> just, just be a cashier. <laughs> They're never gonna know. That's, that's the fantasy. <laughs> you can do it. I'm living the life. <laughs> do it. I'm doing great. I'm a cashier. I make a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so this <laughs> fat bastard wine, I don't know why you would want to call your wine that, but cool. Um, okay, it says this very British expression, fat bastard, is that a British expression? If anyone from Britain is listening to this, please message me and tell me what, what the, is um, that a British thing? Austin Powers. Oh, I never, yeah. I never saw. What? Shh. Oh. Don't tell anyone. I'll lose my comedy cred. Oh, snap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, let's get started. Our first category that we critique the wine on is appearance. Uh, this is a very, very dark wine. I've done a couple of red wines so far. I don't think any have been this dark red. I don't think. And it's not, like, it doesn't look purple to me. Other red wines we've done have been purple. This is red. This is red. It is a dark, dark Burgundy. red. Yes. Burgundy. And it is, it looks clear, like, you can't see through it enough to Mm-mm. tell anything, but it, there's not, like, you know, it's not like there's, like, shit floating around in it or anything. I don't think so, but it's hard to see through it. Yeah, but it is 100% like... What is that word? Opaque? Is that the mm-hmm. opposite of clear? Yeah. yeah. It is 100% like, it's very dark and very, like, dense. Very dense. <laughs> yeah, it looks smooth, though. Some of the white wines are bubblier. There are no bubbles in this. No bubbles. It looks, it looks good. It looks like, definitely looks like a dark red wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, any more thoughts on appearance? Uh, nope. Okay, <laughs> good. We covered it. Down Next. the hatch. <laughs> yep. Next category is aroma. So you want to describe the scent of it. Mm-hmm. Definitely clears out the navel cavities. Uh, I feel like it's mellower than a lot of the wines that, that I that have bad. been yeah. tasting. Just, I, I don't know. I don't drink that much wine, so this is all around. Yeah, it's, I smell the alcohol in it more it's than any other fast, scent. Though. But it isn't, yeah, some of these wines I take a whiff and it's like, whoa, this is pretty mellow as far as smell goes. Yeah, it's not, it's good. It's a good smell. It smells maybe, maybe like berries or something. Yeah, it's it's somewhere between like a black grape and a blackberry. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that out of it. Do different grapes smell different to you? Because they all just smell the same to me. I, I have I have a higher sensitivity to the smells of things. I don't know why. Really? Um, well, then this is interesting. Tell me in as much detail as you can what you smell here, because I think I'm beginning to think I might just have a bad sense of smell. I smell okay. It smells like black grapes with a higher acidity content. If you mix that with the like like the seasonal like uh, Moscato uh, uh, or. Uh, 
also called muscadine grapes. If you I would miss them. Yeah, <clears throat> mix the muscadines with, like, black grapes. You're kind of getting that smell. Oh, wow. A little acidic, specific. though. I smell a little acidity goes into my my nostrils. Yeah, I'm definitely getting a slight amount of acidity, but not a whole lot. I keep, like, okay, I'm wearing my, like, navel, or my, not navel, my uh, septum ring, and it keeps, like, dipping into the wine <laughs> when I'm trying to smell. So now it's going to be a whole new category that you judge on. <laughs> it's just got this, like, you dip it in. This drip <laughs> on my ring. Okay. <laughs> cool. Fun times. Yeah, it smells, it doesn't smell strong. It smells faintly of alcohol and, and maybe, yeah, I can smell grape. Mm-hmm. Oh, I definitely get grape out of this. Yeah. Not, it's hard recognizing what certain smells are. Like, because I will recognize a smell in a wine. I don't know how to describe it. So, I really need to just take a wine class or something. But, y'all need to give me money before I start doing that. I'm already losing <laughs> lots of money every month on on this podcast. Amanda's trying to play my bass guitar with her toes right now. <laughs> If you can do that, you'll be like a like a prodigy. Yeah, Morton's toe. <laughs> there it goes <laughs> the monkey toe. Speaking of bass guitar, I still haven't made a theme song for this show yet. Mm. Uh, it's in the, it's like kind of the last official thing I need to do. I have my iTunes, my RSS feed. Molly made us a nice logo. I just need a theme song, and then I will be like fully. Official, you need, like beatboxers to do the Seinfeld theme. Yeah, oh, get some I, honestly, beatboxers. <laughs> the theme song is on the roadmap. We will say, but I don't know how long it will be before I have one. But we will see. It might happen soon. It might happen in a little while. But it's it's happening eventually. It's gonna happen eventually, and then. You know, once that happens, it's just skyrocket to the top of the charts from here on out. Yeah. Watch out, NPR. <laughs> Gonna overtake cereal. Just <laughs> oh, so glad cereal invented <clears throat> podcasting just this past year, so that the rest of us can make our way in the in the industry. <sighs> anyway, I what's don't know our next thing about podcasting? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's okay. I don't even know how to listen to them. <sighs> Oh, I'm, you I'm old. So much <laughs> You're not old. I'm like ten years older than you. <laughs> That's but or I eleven, maybe no ten, nine, ten. I think you're ten. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wait, your birthday's coming up soonish mm-hmm. though, because you're a Libra. Mm-hmm. October. Wah, wah, wah. About a month. Second. October second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say October third. I almost. I never forget a birthday, like ever. But I guess I was. One day off. Close enough. <laughs> All right. The late at night is really close. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it was almost It was third. like 11.50-something, so... Yeah. I was born at like 11.30 p.m. Most people are born in the middle of the night. Really? Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> the truth. It's the truth. When was your child born? He was born at, uh, I think it was 3.15 a.m. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Huh. Absolutely. I feel like both my brother and my sister were born in the middle of day, but then again, I was pretty oh. young, so I might be remembering incorrectly. They might have just come home at that time. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I should, like, ask a bunch of people. Yeah, nurses and midwives are crazy busy in the middle of the night. 
I wonder why yeah. that is. I wonder. I wonder why they. It might be the moon or something. <laughs> I don't know. These babies are like, we need to see the moon. Yeah, <laughs> get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Next category is the taste. So we're going to describe the flavors in this wine. Well, it's dry and it's not sweet, which is what I asked for because I watched sugar. Yet. So that's definitely being met with this wine. Yeah, and I'm on a sugar detox. And yes, I'm... so we're doing the right thing. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the closest to a grape I'm going to get, so it's <laughs> it's nice. Little little acidic for my taste, but I like it, and I'm obviously drinking a lot of it, so. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I'm cool. <laughs> it is dry and yeah, a little a little acidic. Mm-hmm. I feel like all of the wines I've had on this podcast have been pretty dry. Like I haven't had a, a really sweet wine yet. Well, except for the rosé, I guess. Next episode, I'm going to look for a sweet wine because I haven't done enough of those. But yeah, this is very dry. Not as dry as the Pinot Grigio we did that one time because that that holds the record for driest at this point. But this is. Yeah, it's definitely dry. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, flavors. The alcohol does not taste as strongly as it smelled mm-hmm. to me. Exactly. It's, yeah. I don't taste it that much. I feel it. But I'm, I'm feeling not, it. I'm not tasting <laughs> it quite so much. Definitely feeling it. Um, hold on. Yeah, it's very tangy. It's tangy. It tastes like a, maybe like a less ripe sort of berry. You know when yeah. you get berries like right before they're ripe and yes, they're a little I was just sour? Of raspberries. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like a slightly Out of sour season raspberry. raspberry. God, yeah. it's so obvious what we do. <laughs> <laughs> there was one, one episode of Seinfeld. Tasters. Yep. There was one episode of Seinfeld where like Kramer returns a cantaloupe to the store that he bought, and I was like, not that I would know anything about what it's like to deal, to be a person who deals with selling fruit, but (laughs) I don't know anything about that. No. (laughs) I know. Oh, I usually, at the, at the intro of my podcast, give a recommendation for what sort of produce people should be buying this week, and I forgot to do that. But now that you're here, we can put our heads together. I would say look for grapes. Apples are coming in. Oh, yeah, grapes. Grapes. Absolutely. Cotton candy grapes. If you see something called a cotton candy grape, just buy it right away and thank me later. Uh, um, A lot of stores also have something called moondrop grapes, and then there's all these other different hybrids Which finger grapes? Which finger grapes are the cool? Like, we can't... We can't get any. I, I've been trying to get some in stock, but they're like always out of stock. Anyway, uh, they're they're like really. I was asking another coworker. I was like, "Yeah, what's this witch finger grape thing?" And they like told me about it, and I was like, "Whoa, Whoa. they're like long. That's exciting." So if mm. you see a witch finger grape, please either buy it or take a picture for me because People, I want them so. Even bad. green grapes are good right now. Green grapes, black grapes, red grapes, any kind of grapes right now. They I are like really green grapes usually, really but the, the cotton right candy grapes are green and buy they them. taste yeah. exactly like cotton they candy. They taste just like it and buy them and stick a bunch of them in the freezer because they're expensive. Stick them in the freezer and you can eat them like a snack for, for the rest of the year. I say the same thing about good strawberries when they're in season. Yeah. Um, skip most of the berries. They stink. <laughs> Peaches are getting good. I, well, I think the nectarines are really good right now, but the peach is not so much. White nectarines. Oh, yes. 
They smell like a dream. Not that I eat them, but they mm. smell incredible. Yeah, so look out for nectarines and grapes. Those are, That's the official Weinfeld recommendation. for Together. White nectarines high. and cotton candy grapes are the mm. official, official mm. recommendations for this week. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't... What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the taste. The taste of the wine. Yeah, tangy, unripe mm-hmm. berry is kind of what I'm... It, it almost, tasting. like, it clears my sinuses a little. Like, it's, yeah. it's got that, I don't know, that aromatic that goes right up into your nose, which is great, because I'm really congested. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's good, and it's, it's getting me drunk, so this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it's sour, like, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to say sour, that makes it sound bad, but, like, it is sour, but a good kind of sour. It's a good kind of sour. I, I like it. It's thing. not... People like eating tamarind, it's delicious, Oh, it's tamarind sour. is so good. Yeah, it's sour, but it's sweet. It's yeah. good. This is, this is good. I like this. Um, yeah, it's not... I wouldn't say it's my, like, favorite... This is the seventh episode of the show, so I've done seven wines so far. I would not place this as a favorite... But it's not the worst one that I've had. The worst one is definitely the Cabernet Sauvignon that I did in episode two. That one was real bad. Uh, That one. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) um, But it's definitely, it's it's not the best, it's not the worst. So, yeah. It's an okay one. You know what? For $10, you you get what you pay for. Drunk. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you get what you pay for drunk <laughs> that could be the other tagline for this episode, for this podcast for two hey what the hell uh yeah so this is this is uh decent wine not yes. terrible not great um so next we're going to talk about the body now interestingly the front label tells us that this is remarkably full-bodied, so now I don't have to guess at how to describe the body. I know that it's full. It's full-bodied. Uh, the official definition for body is the sense of alcohol in the wine mm. and the sense of feel in the mouth. So I would say that the sense of alcohol is not... It's, it's strong in the scent, not as strong in the... In the palate. In the, the taste. taste. But yeah. it is there. And it does have a presence in the mouth. Like, it's it's not super heavy, but it is, like, it's it's heavy. It's not as easy to drink as a lot of the wines that we've done. Like, yeah, I have to sip on this. I can't gulp it down. I'm gulping it down. <laughs> I'm not going to take the rest of this. That's for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't need to drink anymore. Okay. <laughs> morning lifestyle. It's okay for us to get drunk earlier in the day. I still woke up at 3.30 this morning. Wow. Yes. I woke up at 8. Which was... Yeah. I mean, I I was trying to stay up late. Uh, My friend Molly, who, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know her as a friend of the show. She was out of town for the weekend and got home last night, and I was trying to stay up for when she got home so that I could see her and, like, talk to her. 
And I fell asleep literally like five minutes before she got home and turned out. <laughs> no. I was trying to stay up, but I was just so tired because I had been up since 4 a.m. and hadn't been able to take a nap. And I was like, no, you can do it. And then I just knocked out. Oh. And then the next morning I saw a text like, I'm home. And it was like five minutes after I fell asleep. Oh. And I was like, okay, <laughs> great. Anyway, so yeah, I did stay up late, but I, I woke up at 8 o'clock today, which is really sleeping in That's for me. sleeping in. Yeah. Usually on a day off, I'll wake up at like 6 or 6.30. 5.30. I have my yeah. alarm set for 5.30, but that's only to get my son to school, so. Gotcha, yeah. Mm. Um, when is your son going to be old enough to drink wine and be on this podcast? <laughs> when he's 21? No. How many... The uh, 15, 16, 17 years? Yeah, I'll probably still be doing 16. this podcast then because... <laughs> he loves you. Uh, <laughs> Miles love is also him. our official babysitter. I am, I oh, am a yeah. babysitter. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. What was... Wait. Mm. Okay, so there are like 10 seasons of Seinfeld. I don't know exactly how many episodes. Wow. I should probably know that. But if I do one episode per week, I probably will still be doing this podcast in 17 years. So Awesome. <laughs> He'll be here. It's a controlled environment. <laughs> I'm down. I'll, I'll have him on, be like, or I'll just give him grape juice. And <laughs> yes! No. And have him critique it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Your kid's funny. He's like one of the funniest humans I, <laughs> I've met. He's really into, uh, uh telling ladies how beautiful they are right it's now. It's so, is, he's gonna be such a, oh, such a playa. Such a playa. <laughs> he loves the women. He's a Sagittarius too. They are notoriously players. So. <laughs> I did not know this. Oh yeah, Sagittarius, they get around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna have to keep an eye on that boy. Oh no! <laughs> Hard enough, oh god. <laughs> keep myself in check, now I gotta keep my kid in check. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have the hottest daughter-in-law ever, though. (laughs) I think maybe, yeah. I mean, assuming he turns out to be straight, we're not going to make any assumptions. No. This early. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe you'll have the hottest son-in-law. We'll find out. Maybe I'll have both. (laughs) Maybe you'll have both. I am so okay with that. (laughs) I think, actually, I think that's great. The the more the merrier. (laughs) Your kid is lucky. I wish I had parents who were, who were chill about, you know. That kind of stuff. If my parents found out that I was anything other than, like, a cisgender, heterosexual, conservative person, they would be really, really upset, so. (laughs) Fun times! That's funny to talk about. (laughs) Sorry. Let's finish up. quiet. And talk about... Feeling bad for you. (laughs) We'll talk about the finish. Oh, the finish. Line. Yeah, we're talking It is about finished. <laughs> we did finish As it. I'm dropping the less drops out of the bottle and can't even speak right, the, the wine bottle is finished. Is finished. <laughs> I hope this is funny uh, to the sober people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, let, let, let me... I don't even... I feel like I shouldn't drink anymore, but I'm going to... It makes my tongue kind of weird. <laughs> That's what she said. What? No, no it's not. <laughs> How? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're What laughing. is she doing? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to take one last sip so that I can talk about the finish. Yeah. I'll take my last sip. <laughs> oh, God. 
It doesn't have a long finish. I I think it kind of. It's well, crisp, it lingers a little bit, but then there's this like. This thing at the end. The tangy feeling stays for a little while. It's like chalky? No, it's. I mean, maybe water. chalky. Maybe it is a little chalky, honestly. Uh, I mean, end. again, it's a ten dollar wine. Yeah, you need to keep drinking it. Yeah, <laughs> and then it doesn't get like that sticky mouth feeling. I don't know, like a little bit of dry mouth. Yeah, there's there's dry mouth. It is a little chalky going down. It is, but it's a dry red. So yeah. that's what I asked for. You know, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't linger. The taste doesn't linger more than a couple of seconds, that's but true. the feeling, the dry feeling, is still here. Yep. Like I took that sip when I said I was taking a sip. I haven't tasted it since, and there is definitely like a pronounced dry mouth. Yeah. Feeling. Yeah. I do really appreciate that this wine didn't tell us exactly how it tastes or how it finishes. Because a lot of these wines on their back label will be like, it tastes like apple and pear with a creme brulee finish. And I'm like, don't <laughs> fucking tell me what to taste. No. You don't know me. You don't know my tongue. But, yeah, it, uh, I'm trying to keep my thoughts coherent right now. I'm just thinking it's good that we drank red wine because it's high in resveratrol, which is good for the aging process. And in we're going to stay young forever. What? Resveratrol. Spell it. R-E-S-V-E-R. R-A-T-O-L, perhaps? Huh. Mm-hmm. It keeps you younger it's, looking? It is one of those Dr. You-Know-Who things. Dr. Oz. Yeah. <laughs> the bane of our existence. <laughs> yeah. No, really, they say look for resveratrol. It's really good for um, anti-aging properties. The highest antioxidant that you can get. Really? Yeah. I know that that dark red and dark purple, like, Mm -hmm. foods and drinks tend to have uh, antioxidant properties. I think I heard that somewhere. You can even find, like, caplets that are just resveratrol. So that's that's another reason to drink red wine. Well, if I look like you in ten years, I will be happy. Oh, you're sweet. (laughs) Unlike this wine, which is dry. Which is dry. (laughs) Honestly, you don't have, like, a single wrinkle or anything. Thanks. You got varicose veins. My mom had surgery to get rid of her varicose veins. Mm. It looks amazing. What? Yeah. Oh, I might have to. She, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know, like, what the details were on that, but I know, like, they're starting to happen. She got it a couple of years ago, and her calves look amazing. That's new. That's scary. Whew. I don't like my legs. My mom keeps telling me, she's like, you're going to get varicose veins and your hair is going to go gray before <laughs> you're 30 if you're anything like me. And I was like, great. Well, my hair is totally gray, so what? Diet. But my mom is like, she looks good for her age. Awesome. Like, I'm not, I don't know if this is like creepy to say, but like, no, like, okay. That yeah, means my mom you probably great. will too. And you she, will too. And she's not like the type to like be really vain or care about, you know, looks. That's awesome. She doesn't wear a lot of makeup. She doesn't, like, dress up or anything, but she just, like, she just looks great. You look like you're going to retain your your youth. You just have, like, the features and the skin. You're going to be fine. I remember when I was, like, a teenager, like, my dude friends would say, like, not, like, gross, but, like, kind of creepy stuff about, like, oh, your mom's hot. And I'm like, oh, gross. (laughs) Stop it. But, hey, yeah, if I look, people say, you know, look at how your mom looks. That's how you'll look. 
when you're older, and I'm like, hey, if I look like my mom at that age, I will be a-okay. No, my, yeah, my mom looks super young for her age, so I'm lucky. I mean, my mom is pretty young. She likes to remind me that she had already given birth to me when she was my age. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but no pressure or anything. No, I'm like, oh. Babies, babies, babies. <laughs> I mean, I want kids very badly. Well, I don't want to birth children. I want to raise children. I want to adopt, yeah. adopt and or foster kids. But not anytime soon. No. I need a, I need a few years to yeah. get my career in order. Take your time. And, I mean, I'm not... Having a life partner isn't super important to me in terms of long-term goals. I definitely want to have a career that I enjoy and am not, like... I don't need to be super successful, but, like, successful enough in... And I want to raise children. I, if I find someone to spend the rest of my life with, that's cool. If not, yeah, that's cool too. It's not relationships Absolutely. are have never been. I latch on to people. Like I find people that I like, and I get like weirdly obsessed with them. But the idea of a relationship is not something that's ever been important to me. I guess. But you know, you're a Libra, though. Libras are always in relationships. Did you? Were you, like, before you met your husband, were you ever, like, single for any long period of time? I was quote-unquote single. Uh, but busy single? <laughs> very busy single. <laughs> Several times over busy single. Um, you Libras are always, you've always got some something going on. That's... Always. Um, I, I can't be stagnant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good way to put it, right? <laughs> yeah. Not dry. Um, <laughs> unlike yeah, this wine. Unlike this wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've had a lot of friends who will tell me, like, yeah, I haven't been, like, I haven't been not with someone or talking to someone since middle school. Like, three different friends of mine have said that to me, and I'm like, I cannot imagine being able to maintain, like, I've had that. a lot of single periods, actually. Um but in the single times, I was around a, a circle of men or boys mm-hmm. at the time. You know, yeah. like, what do you say about senior year of high school boys? Yeah. But there was a whole group of them that I was within. And then sometimes there would be outside people, friends that would come in, and then uh-huh. I, would, I would join together with them and yeah. be, like, a little thing. Um, I had a real thing for military guys for a long time because they were really short-term. They always left. They always shipped <laughs> out. <laughs> Yeah, so they were a lot of fun. They were really sweet, and they really enjoyed you while they lasted. And that was perfect. And then you met your husband. And then I met my husband. I love hearing, like, people's love (laughs) stories who are in, like, happy long-term relationships. Do do you want to hear our Romeo and Juliet? Do it! Yeah! All right. I am not a person to come to if you want to be, like, cynical and sarcastic about love, because I am not, I don't experience that, like, I've never Mm. had a big romance in my life, but I love other people's romances. I will preface this by saying I was seeing three different people at the same time, all different branches of the military, I was everywhere, I was clubbing, (laughs) we were in the middle of the city. How old were you Living in a high-rise, I was, had just turned 20. Woo! Um, going to art school. I was on the eighth floor of an apartment building um, and was out on the balcony smoking as we did at the time (laughs) and with my girls, my roommates, and we looked down on the balcony below us was the guys that had just moved in there for the same art school. (laughs) And, you know, this guy basically looked up and said, hey, you, I'm Anthony. And I was like, what? (laughs) 
And I don't know, every time I brought some other guy home with me, I kept thinking, I hope this guy downstairs doesn't see what a slut I am. <laughs> and eventually... And I'm, now I bet he's enjoying. <laughs> and I've been, and yeah, 14 years later, here we are, um, married and, you know, with an almost five-year-old son. Doing it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yo, I'm Anthony. (laughs) It was like our Yo Adrian moment. (laughs) He's from Jersey. This was like... I cannot imagine Anthony shouting up (gasps) to a balcony of girls. It was like, Yo, I'm Anthony. What? I could not get him out of my head. I, I just couldn't get him out of my head. I did not want him to see what a slut I was. I was sneaking guys up there like, oh, God, I hope he doesn't see this guy smoking out on my balcony. You said, you, I think you've told me before, he, like, had a girlfriend at he the time, He had a girlfriend. Yeah, they've been together uh, almost a year, and uh, she was really serious. He wasn't entirely sure, but it was like he was always the serious relationship kind of person. And um, so I, I played my cards this way. I... They said, uh, his roommate said, oh, you should come hang out with us some night. <laughs> so, like, that night I left the club early and I came back to their place and I was, like, knocked on the door in the middle of the night, like, <laughs> hi, I'm here to hang out with you guys. And they're like, we're just having beers. So I pretended to fall asleep on his shoulder Aww. for, like, an hour. And he stood, he, like, sat perfectly still the whole time. And after that, I, like, claimed him. So we were <laughs> friends and I just had to, like, think in my head that he's not available, but... And so I kept seeing these other guys, but still, um, uh, we would hang out, we would go, we went to the haunted houses, we did all that, like, really awesome romantic fall stuff that you do that makes you fall in love. Aww, yeah. yeah. So, um, and you know, we went to this big haunted house, uh, at a jail, at an old prison in Center City, Philadelphia, and, um, it was gorgeous, and I pretended to be so scared. I, like, grabbed onto him. <laughs> so it wasn't, like, two days later, maybe, he um, called me down to the courtyard. Oh, and was yeah. like, what would you do if I broke up with my girlfriend? And I said, <laughs> well, I don't need any of these other guys. Like, <laughs> they're not important. I'm so into you. To any of you listeners who are in love with someone who's dating someone, <laughs> let this be your inspiration. It just ruined that relationship. Yeah, ruin that relationship. They could be the one and only for you. They could be the one. They could be the one for the rest of your life. Yeah. Destroy every relationship (laughs) that you're not into. Just do it super innocently. Super innocent. You have to play it like you didn't mean to do it at all. Honestly. Shocked. Are you kidding? Oh, what? I don't need any of those other guys. I never thought that really? this would happen. I've never considered this opportunity before. I came down to that. I came down to the courtyard and I was like, is your mom okay? Aww. Not like, oh, did you want to talk yeah. to me? Like romantic. No, I went straight for the mom card. I, I'm going to like write a, a romantic comedy screenplay like based on, on this whole thing someday because oh, I love this story. How does it end? <laughs> oh. All right. All right, Amanda and I are going to take a real quick break, and then we'll be back to talk to you about Seinfeld, Season 2, Episode 2, entitled (laughs) The Pony Remark. This is a really good episode. I don't want to hype it too much, but also I do want to hype it because it is (laughs) so funny. And we will be back in just a minute, friends. Hello, friends. We're back with Weinfeld, Episode 7. We are here to talk about Seinfeld now. 
Season 2, Episode 2, The Pony Remark. <laughs> this episode aired on January 30th, 1991. So, still a year and a half before my birth. <laughs> so, I was 10. Nothing is relevant before I existed. <laughs> Just kidding. This was written by Jer Lair, the comedy writing duo of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David. Based on a real-life experience of Larry David's, which is becoming sort of a theme I'm noticing in these episodes, like, a good 60 to 75% of these episodes were based on something that happened to Larry David. Like, just sort of a mundane experience that he decided to write an episode of television about, so I think that's great. I would love to write a, a television show that's just all the things that's happened to me, <laughs> but made funny. <laughs> I just had a hair stuck in my cleavage Like not even mine Because I don't have hair So I don't know whose hair it was And Amanda just like pointed it out to me I can't stop looking at your boobs today Oh sorry <laughs> Cover them, them babies no, up good. It's hard to keep them Like sometimes when you have Larger good boobs, boobs You just have to Let them exist Because trying to Cover them don't up. Shirts breasts. don't... I'm wearing a button-up shirt, and button-up shirts will not... They just don't work over it. Like, it just doesn't happen. You no, have to, you you have to so just accept it. in order to deal with that. Yeah, you have to just accept it at this point. <sighs> Feminism means not awkwardly buttoning up your shirts, I think. That's what I decided it Definitely. means. Uh, the New York Times deemed this episode of the show a turning point for the show, where it discovered its sharp and distinctive tone. And you know what? I am so on board with that, because this episode... I've been very heavily critical of the episode so far. Um, this is not the Seinfeld fan jerk-off hour. This is where we <laughs> drunkenly talk critically and intelligently yes. about these episodes. And this is the first episode where, top to bottom, I laughed the entire way through. I thought it was a hilarious and brilliant Never once was I like, oh, this, I don't really like this, I don't like this part of it. It was amazing. So, yeah, I agree with the New York Times calling it, like... I second that. Well, I don't know if I, if I can agree with them calling it a turning point, just because I haven't seen all the episodes after this, so I can't say, I can't speak to whether the future tone is in line with the tone of this episode, but I can say that yeah. this episode was great, it and it was noticeably... It the best episode so far. Like, comparing this episode to the past ones, this stands out. Definitely. Um, Jerry's parents are in this episode again. They were in one episode in season one. I think the second episode. And Jerry's father was recast. His mother is played by the same woman. His father was recast because they wanted the character to be a little bit pricklier and harsher. So they picked someone else to do that. <laughs> Um, just, an uh, interesting thing. Uh, this is the first episode of Seinfeld that is deemed to be a classic that people reference nice. and talk about, so I'm really excited, because I've been waiting to get to that point where we start dealing with the, like, classic episodes yes, yes. that the references come from. Yeah, I remember these ones, yeah. And finally, this episode got two Emmy nominations. It didn't win any Emmys, but it got a nomination for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy and Outstanding Directing in a Comedy. Um, I'm not a visual person, so I didn't 
pay as much attention to directing as I probably should, but the writing was great. This episode was amazing. It was great. Alright, so we'll start off from the beginning of the episode. As always, we start off with Jerry doing a bit of stand-up. Yeah. And this time he's doing some stand-up about old people moving to Florida. Yeah. And honestly, it was so funny. It was perfect. If you listen to this, yeah, you know that I historically have issue with Jerry's stand-up bits in these episodes. I often find them offensive and not funny, but this one was really hilarious. Yeah. And I'm kind of bad when it comes to old people. Like, I think I just resent a lot of older people for screwing up our economy and then yelling at us for not being as successful as they were when they were our age. And now they all get to go down to Florida and uh, Phoenix and hang out for their retirement. (laughs) So I'm a little bit a little bit biased in that respect. Absolutely. But I did think that his stand-up bit about old people... How they have to move to Florida yes. after they reach a certain age. I thought that was funny. Um, so in this episode, Jerry's parents are visiting New York again, and as in the last one, they are staying at his apartment, and I think that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, he why probably are has he... a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, it, he is a single dude living by himself. He's not, like, mm-hmm. a guy with a house. No. He's got a little apartment, and his parents are living there during their stay. Like, that's so weird. The only thing that struck me was uh, his dad with the remote control on his stomach. <laughs> and all I could think of was my pregnancy. <laughs> when I had a baby on, on my stomach, like breastfeeding, and I was just put a plate on top of him and ate off of the top <laughs> of him. <laughs> all I could think of was just being pregnant and like putting things on top of a pregnant belly. Babies, but- <laughs> they make good plate holders. They do. <laughs> Cushion it with a pillow. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like, is that weird to, like, have your parents stay yes. in your one-bedroom apartment like that? Or maybe he has yes. two. I think he has a two-bedroom, but that's still weird. That's still weird. Yeah, but, I mean, we've done that in the past, uh, you know, in-laws or whatever. Yeah. Or my mom, well, they'll, they'll stay in our apartment and uh, just stay on the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Jerry's got to pull out, so. Yeah, but I feel like it's different when you, like, have a family as opposed to when yeah. you're just, like, a single person and you're, I don't know. That maybe, is kind of weird. I guess Jerry doesn't have roommates, so that's different. Like, I have two roommates, so I, f- I would feel so weird if yes. my parents they stayed seem, at my apartment. Yeah. They also seem kind of frugal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm yeah, thinking, Jerry's like, dad stay- spends the entire episode. <laughs> I'm thinking them staying in a hotel yeah. in New York City would be out of the question. Yeah. They'd be in Camden or something. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's dad spends the entire episode complaining about money. So. Yes. <laughs> I get it. Um, also, I found it hilarious that... Jerry's parents stay in his apartment, but then it, the first scene is him coming back from a softball game, and his parents, they're living in his apartment, but they didn't bother to go watch him play softball. That's true. Like, I get that he's an adult, but I feel like if you're in town visiting your son, wouldn't you go see his softball game? Yep. You would. I, I would hope so. That's but... true. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. I wonder if they go see his comedy shows. Probably not. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. I just think, like, the idea of someone's parents going to see their comedy show is terrifying to me. Yeah. <laughs> Even not me. Imagine if your son grew up to be a comedian. Like, would that... I would how secretly would you feel watch. About that? Yeah? <laughs> I would secretly watch his stand-up. And stand then up. just, like, pretend you haven't. Yes! Because I wouldn't know what to say. It's like anything else. I never even listened to this podcast. 
I don't want to look at my friend's artwork. I don't want to read my one friend's poems. It's I'm afraid that I won't be yeah. moved by it. I get that. I'm afraid of it. I have a hard time. Like, I am... And I am a very, very honest person. Not in a, like, oh, I say the truth no matter how much it hurts. Like, no, I, I have tact. I'm not, like, a jerk. But I will not say something that I don't fully believe. So, yeah, when someone tries to show me art or music or poems that they have created and I'm not into it, I have to find these really awkward ways of being like, uh, yeah, cool, <laughs> that's so great that you went out there and did that. Yeah. That takes a lot of confidence. Yes. <laughs> um, just... I'm just going to interject real quick because I know that Molly is going to listen to this and and start panicking that I don't like her <laughs> art slash poetry. Molly, I think your art and poetry are great and I'm not just saying that to be polite. <laughs> if I didn't like it, you'd know. So, just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, but I, I totally understand that. Like, it is hard. It is scary to, if someone wants you to see the thing that they did and you're so afraid of, like, oh my god, what if I don't like it? And it will be obvious if you show me your thing and I like it because I will be visibly relieved yes. that I like it. Like, I won't even be excited. I'll just be like, oh, thank god exactly. I liked it. That's exactly how <laughs> I feel. Thank god. Uh, like yes, I remember going to see someone's band for the first time uh, and being so afraid that I was going to hate gone it. I haven't to see any bands, and then yeah. seeing it and loving it and being uh, like, I am so relieved yes! to tell you that I loved <sighs> your music. Yes, that's exactly what it would. I, uh, I'm still weird yeah. about it though. But yeah, I totally, I totally get that. And it is uh, like self promotion is such a weird, awkward thing. Like if I don't tell people about this podcast, like no one's gonna listen to it. So I have to say stuff, but I always still feel like such a weird douchebag being <laughs> like, "Listen to my podcast, rate and review it on iTunes." And I'm like, <laughs> I have to if anyone's ever gonna listen to it. But also like, oh, now I'm putting everyone else in this awkward position. We're like, what if they hate it? What what do they do? What do they say? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there, guys. If you listen to this and you don't like it, it is so okay. Like, I am not gonna be upset. It is not for everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like if I... I feel like I, I would do the same thing as you. If I had a child and they were into some sort of, like, creative pursuit, I would... I would take my cues from them. If they seemed like they didn't want me to be a part of it, yeah. then I would, I would still, yeah. like, look it up, I would. but I wouldn't say anything, I'd pretend I didn't. I would wait till I got tickets, and then I would go see it. Yeah. And, like, flowers backstage and yeah. everything, and, like, I don't care if I don't like it, I'm gonna be crazy. But, yeah, I'm but gonna yeah, watch if, if it on the like, slide. If they were like, mm. oh, I really want you to, like, see what I did, then I would, then I would be open about it, but yeah. Yes. What would you do if your child was, like, an artist, or a comedian, or a musician, or something, and you didn't like their work. Which is like a 50% chance, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, if my parents ever discovered I mean, my stuff, like, they would not like it. He's 100% chance gonna be an artist, and 50% I'm not gonna like it. No, I can usually find something I like about art. Um, you just have to see where the passion is coming from. And right. It's a person that I raised myself, I'm gonna know where the passion came from. Mm -hmm. It's, um... Hopefully it's a place of, like, freedom in his childhood and whatnot, but, yeah. 
<laughs> that's that that might stress me out more than anything else like if you said what if what if my child like got all f's you know like this is more stressful like what if he's an what artist what if your child was a bad artist <laughs> a bad artist <laughs> oh, a parent's no. worst nightmare <laughs> oh god <laughs> and our two artistic parents worst nightmare i could oh. see your he's kid gonna be in a band you know i, know. I was gonna say he's i could see be him becoming like singer. a white rapper <laughs> That's my call. Myself. A white rapper, but one who's like respectful of the history of hip hop. Super smooth. And where it came from. Because we are. <laughs> yeah, we're we're really into some old school rap in our Yeah, house, I could see him being respectful of like, oh, this came from people of color and I'm not appropriating, but I could still see him totally becoming like a white rapper. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. He's gonna be so tall and handsome. What the hell? Oh god. <laughs> This is, this is scary. Folks, well, this is scary. you've got a good, like, 15 years before. Or maybe not. Ten. Know, maybe ten years. Ten years. Oh, God. He's probably going to be a little bit earlier on yes. the jump. Yes, he will. A lot of kids. Oh, God. I remember when I was in high school, I was in this, uh, this magnet program. So it was a lot of nerds. And there were, like, I don't know, somewhere around, like, 50 of us in this program and, like, I'm going to say, like, three or four of the people in the entire program had, like, had sex before. <laughs> and it was this weird thing where we are like, that person has had sex before. <laughs> like, That's none odd. of us have, but that guy, there was one guy who, like, I don't know if this is true, but the rumor was that he lost his virginity in, like, the eighth grade. And everyone was like, whoa, Parker had sex in eighth grade. That's when I gave my first blowjob. <laughs> I no joke. <laughs> straight up, this is the most honest I've ever gotten. I <laughs> gave my first blowjob on my 21st birthday. Aww. <laughs> man. I was practically married by then. <laughs> oh. I... It's something that I will do for someone if I really like them. But I have a hard time doing really submissive stuff, you know? Like, Not like actively submissive things. Like, doing a thing that is submissive is hard for me because I like to feel powerful and in control. And How dirty are we getting on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> no. Just remember that everyone's gonna hear it. Yeah, that's alright. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll calm down for all a right. minute. Alright. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I've never admitted that before. I used to be like, people would be like, oh yeah, blowjobs. And be like, yeah, I totally get blowjobs all the time. I do that thing. <laughs> but I didn't do it until I was 21. I I'm cool and progressive. I'm a sex person. I do all the stuff. I do all the things. <laughs> I went down on a woman before I went down on a man. Whoa! Interesting, I think, maybe? Uh, I didn't... I didn't let a man go down on me until I was 20. Really? And I married him. Aw. Yeah. I uh, I had that happen before I had, like, intercourse. <laughs> I know I should have. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm just very, I'm much more, I'm much better at receiving than giving, just in well, general. I am now. I like getting stuff. I don't yeah, like me doing too. things. <laughs> no, I realize this now <laughs> in my old anyway, age. Anyway. I think, well, it's probably also because I was so late to the party that I was all, I already had a very distinct sense of self and what I wanted yeah. going into 
sexual life. I wasn't like, oh, I need to do, I need to give this guy a blowjob because he wants to do it. Like, I was, I was old enough when I started having sex that I wasn't pressured to do stuff unless I was really into it. Which, yeah, I'm like, before I had sex, I was like really, really insecure about the fact that I was a virgin. I was like, oh my god, everyone thinks I'm so lame. I'm like... I just need to get this over with already. Fun fact, the the guy I lost my virginity to, to this day, doesn't know that it was my first time. No way! I didn't say anything. I had, like, a special virgin necklace that I gave the guy. (laughs) This is mine to my best friend's virgin necklace. Like, we named it that. It was just cute. It was a little heart with, like, Uh, a stone in it. But I was like... (laughs) And then I gave it to him. I wish I hadn't. That's so funny. At least the necklace part. No, but I was so insecure. But in retrospect, I don't regret, like, waiting that long. Because I I had a very secure sense of self. And I was, yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was was good. I, I went into it being like, I'm doing this. For me. For you. So that I experience mm. something that I want to experience. I wasn't doing it to, like, make someone happy that I yep. didn't, that I felt weird about. So and it was the opposite with me. So, yeah. Yeah, so Absolutely. kids, teenagers, wait till you... I, I'm not gonna, like... If I ever have kids, I'm not gonna be like, wait till this age until you have sex. But I'm gonna be like, don't do it until you have a very strong sense of self. Yeah. And make sure that you are gonna be responsible. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah, do it for you. Don't do it for for the other for person. someone else. Don't mm-hmm. do it to save a relationship. No. Like, yeah, do it because it's what you want to do and you're ready and excited for it. Yeah. That's my sex advice. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Kramer was killing it in this episode. So oh, funny. Man. He comes in talking about how he's going to redo his entire apartment. He's going to... Build levels. Levels. <laughs> levels is just his word. Like, levels. He's like, I'm going to take all out all the furniture and I'm going to build levels. There's going to be <laughs> pillows everywhere like ancient Egypt. And the way yep. he's describing this, you can tell he has a perfect picture in his head. <laughs> but it's not coming across. And Jerry's just like, levels? What? Like, that's just his word. He's just like, levels. Oh, shit. What? What does that mean? Uh... But yeah, that was... <laughs> he had such a distinct vision for it. It was so funny. I want to hire Kramer as my interior designer, because I feel like he would just know exactly what needs to happen. Yeah. He'd just take one look at the room and be like, this is what we're doing! We're doing levels. I don't need to explain it to you. It's just happening. <laughs> Pillows everywhere. We're going to be so comfortable. <laughs> Um, Jerry and Kramer, their little subplot in this episode was hilarious, and they did, they both did such a good job, but especially Jerry. Like, I don't find, in the past, I have not found Jerry as funny as the other people in episodes, but in this episode, he was so funny. I agree, he was really funny. Uh, yeah, his whole thing, he and Kramer have this bet. Jerry, Kramer bets that he will convert his apartment to levels, and Jerry bets that he won't. (laughs) And the entire, the subplot takes up, like, two scenes, maybe, but... Their conversations in both scenes were so funny. It's awesome. And Jerry's delivery of his lines was so good. And and you know it's good because I'm saying so. Like, I'm not inclined to give praise to Jerry unless he really deserves it. Not a fan. And he really did in this episode. He was awesome. so good. 
But yeah, he uh, he and Kramer have this bet, and then Kramer decides he's not going to redo his room, and their exchange after that, when Jerry's trying to be like, well, you owe me a dinner now because you didn't go through with it, and Kramer's like, no, I decided not to do it, so the bet's off. Like, <laughs> they're both. Like, Kramer's so not understanding Jerry's He's so point. outside. Yeah. He's just like, there is a no bet. I'm not doing it. And Jerry's like, the bet the was bet if was you were gonna do it. it. And they just... Awesome. Oh, it was, it was really funny. Good job, Jerry. I don't give you kudos very often, but you deserved it for this episode. That was really good. Another note I have is that Jerry, okay, Jerry and his parents go to a family <laughs> dinner. It's to celebrate the anniversary of some sort of distant relative. We never, it never really explains who she is, but she's like an old Jewish lady named Manya, who is somehow related to Jerry and Jerry's mother. And they go to, Jerry and his parents go to this dinner, and Elaine comes with them, because Jerry and Elaine, <laughs> like, Jerry's parents were like, oh, so you're coming, and Jerry's like, oh, I had plans to hang out with Elaine, and they were like, oh, we'll bring Elaine. <laughs> so Jerry and Elaine go <laughs> to this dinner, <laughs> and in the most hilarious visual gag so far in Seinfeld, they have Elaine seated at this, like, little shorter table the that's, like, table. added onto the end of the table. It was like, oh, we don't have enough room at this yeah. table for everyone, so we're gonna add this little tiny table at the end. It's the kids' table. <laughs> and Elaine's, oh, sit at, like, seated right next to Jerry, but Jerry's, like, up a level, and, and Elaine's in, like, a shorter chair and a shorter table. Levels. It's, <laughs> yes! Recurring theme of levels. Yes! It was so funny. Like, just, just... <laughs> And it opens, that scene opens with Jerry asking her, like, if she wants to trade chairs, and Elaine's like, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but the peas are good. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Jerry and Elaine during this entire dinner were, like, so terrible, and so, they're just doing, like, a bit the entire time. Yes. Everything that comes out of their mouths is, like, so sarcastic, and so, like, you can tell that they uh. think that what they're saying is going over everyone else's head. Like, they think they're the smartest, funniest people at the table, and nobody gets them. And they're just like, yeah, these peas are great. And Jerry's <laughs> like, oh, I can't have dessert, because the sugar will make my ankle swell up. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, they're just being such douchebags, but it's they're so terrible. funny. Loved it. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> the episode gets its title, The Pony Remark, from a remark that is made Elaine mentions, I don't know, Jerry and Elaine are just, like, talking being idiots, and Elaine mentions... <laughs> about people they hate. <laughs> yeah, Elaine mentions about how, like, ponies are so weird, and then Jerry's like, yeah, I hate kids who have ponies. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, I hate them. And then Manya, the old Jewish woman who is related to Jerry, whose anniversary <laughs> party this is, gets really offended because she's like, I had a pony growing up in Poland. I had a pony. And then Jerry and Elaine are both trying to backtrack, like, oh, you know, like, whatever, I don't need <laughs> ponies per se, like, and Jerry's like, oh, who wouldn't love someone with a pony? And Monty's like, you literally just said that you hate everyone with a pony. It was, I mean, it was funny, and I just want to say that whoever it was that played this, this old Jewish woman in this episode, <laughs> I should have looked up her name, because she was 
so funny. She was great. I honestly am so surprised when old people are funny. Are so funny, right? <laughs> but whoever this actress was, she was uh, so funny. Her delivery of these lines. I didn't even just... think she was an actress. I swear, she was just like made for that role. Yeah, it she was, was crazy. Like angry old Jewish lady. Yeah, it was so funny. Spot on. She she was great. Um. But yeah, she gets really upset and walks out on the dinner, and then Jerry and Elaine are like, alright, we're gonna go. And Jerry spends this time trying to, like, defend himself to the group, mm-hmm. and he's just talking, like, how was I supposed to know she had a pony? Like, she lived in Poland! What, what, what did he say? That, like, why would you move from a pony country to a non-pony <laughs> yes, country? A non-pony country! That was the best! <laughs> This is a trend I'm noticing in recent episodes where one of the main characters says or does something kind of shitty. Then they have, like, a monologue where they're trying to defend themselves and they just talk like that for several minutes and no one says anything and they're just, like, trying to justify what they said. Yeah. Um, that's something I'm noticing a lot that I think is is funny. I like to think that I have the decency of, like... If I do something or say something kind of shitty that I just kind of accept it and apologize for it, but... Yeah. Jerry and company love to just... You can tell that they're feeling so guilty, but they're trying really hard not to. And they're just working through all of this very publicly and externally. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I ha- yeah, I mentioned in my notes, like, Jerry sort of externalizing his guilt and his process of coping with guilt. Yeah. It's like he can't just go through it with sucks. this in his head. No. Like, he has to say every single thing out loud to try to be like, no, I'm guilty, but I shouldn't be. I'm cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. I get it's that. Just, I get that, but like also that. work through that and work through that on your own time. Don't drag everyone else into <laughs> it. Right. Um, yeah, so after this, anyway, it turns out that Manya dies the next day. And so Jerry spends the rest of the episode, and Elaine and Jerry's parents are like, did Jerry's remark about the pony kill her? Like, (laughs) obviously it didn't, but... But Jerry's mom was like, she was just fine, and then she just died? Like, what? And... And so, it's this added level of guilt for Jerry, where he's like, did I kill her with my remark and and what what is going on anyway at this point we cut to jerry doing another stand-up bit and he talks about funerals and it was another like just really great bit where he's talking about how we give people pillows, pillows. in their caskets <laughs> and suits yeah we dress them up in suits and then give them pillows are we going to a meeting or going to get our uh, 20 winks or whatever yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. I give him pillows. (laughs) And after this, Jerry is talking about, like, he's basically trying to decide, like, should he go to this funeral or not? This is a distant relative who he didn't really know before, and he wasn't close with, but now he feels like he killed her, so he has to go. This is coming at a really weird time for me, because I just, there was just recently a death in my family. And the memorial service. I don't want to get into, like, too much detail because I want to be respectful. But anyway, there was a death in my family. There's a memorial coming up. And I'm going through the same process of, like, do I go or not? And my only thing is that it is going to be so hard for me to get there. Because I don't own a car. And pretty much the only way to get to this is by car. My parents can't pick me up because they're too busy. My brother lives too far out of the way. 
And it's just this thing where, like, maybe I can take a bus to, like, a nearby town and then maybe have someone pick me up, but I'd have to take the bus at 2 a.m. to get there in time. Then I would have to take a bus home right after and not get home till midnight, and then I'd have to miss two days of work, and I'm like, at what point do I just say, like, enough is enough. I can't do it, and I'm so sorry, please give my condolences to the family, I'll write letters to everyone affected. So, yeah, I'm, like, watching this, and I'm going through, like... I've been there. It's hard. Yeah, I've been there. I haven't been able to make some. The older you get, the more it's gonna happen. Oh, my God, yeah. Put ten years between here and there. I mean, yeah, it's going to happen a lot, and there's some funerals one or a, both of us weren't able to make. I mean, you know that he went to one and I didn't go. Yeah. He had to take Victor. Um, It's just, that's just the way it goes. That's rough. Yeah, I just, well, their whole thing, like, when Jerry's trying to justify not going to this funeral, he's saying, like, oh, she wouldn't care, you know? And if I were dead, I wouldn't care if she went or not. Yeah. But my whole thing is, like, I don't think it matters so much what the dead person would think, because they're dead. It's about showing support for, like, their close family and the people who are affected by this loss. I feel like that's the point of showing up to a funeral or a memorial, is being like, hey, I'm here to show my support to everyone who is affected by this. So yeah. that's that's where my struggle comes in, where it's like I pretty much can't make this funeral. Like it's yeah. it would take an insane process for me to go to it. But I and I, and I'm not I don't feel bad about it because I feel like this person needs me to be there. Like they they're not here anymore. Yeah, it's okay. It's just but it's only I feel about like the survivors. Yeah, I feel like the people who are really close who are surviving this person. I want to be able to show my support to them and my condolences to them and be like, hey, I'm here for you. Like, mm. as your family, I'm here. Yeah. I think that's that's what you can do. If but it's that's, what you can do, yeah. that's what you can do. But that's like, I don't know. That's but enough. Yeah, In my opinion, that's enough. It, I never looked around any funeral and said, X person is not here. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does that. I mean, I, I hope not. I hope not, too, because it, it is really, like, really eating me up that I, like, can't really find a way to make it to this, this thing, because I really, <laughs> I really do care so deeply. <laughs> Sorry. I really, we're not laughing at, we're not laughing at the death We're not laughing at death. Oh. Death is really sad, and I want to show... I am a very sensitive, supportive person in general. I think maybe that's arrogant of me to say about myself, but I am a sensitive and supportive person, and it kills me that I can't be there for some people at this point. But yeah, Jerry's concerns are not like that. Jerry's concerns are, I guess I killed this woman, so now to malleate my own guilt, I have to go. Like, he pretty much only goes. And Elaine goes with him. It's like my dad's wedding. I'll be at the next one. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'll be at the next one. That's all I can say. Well, Jerry and Elaine decide to go to the funeral, I think because they both kind of had a hand in this pony incident. (laughs) And they both were feeling a little guilty, so going to the funeral was their way of, like, addressing their guilt. They're not going for anyone other than themselves. And Jerry had, I guess he had a softball game that day, which made him not want to go, so that was his whole conflict, but 
It's made very clear that the only reason he shows up is so that he doesn't have to keep feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Um, you know, so, all right, Jerry, whatever helps you sleep at night. (laughs) I did love that we kept this ongoing theme of Elaine trying to find a better apartment, where the second she hears that Manya's husband is moving to Phoenix, she's like, what's happening with his apartment? (laughs) She goes to the funeral pretty much probably exclusively to ask him what he's doing with his apartment. Like, who's, <laughs> turns out one of Jerry's cousins is going to move into it, but she's like, what's happening with your apartment? Like, she spends five minutes just talking to this guy, trying to get him to tell her, like... <laughs> he can't hear anything, and she's yeah. screaming. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, Elaine. But yeah, that's... She's just like, what's happening with his apartment? I need to know. $300 a month, I'll take it. Whew. I, uh, that's about what I pay. But I live in Pittsburgh and not New York, so... If I could live for $300 a month in New York, I would still probably not move to New York. (laughs) I've been to New York, like, twice, and both times it was very overwhelming and claustrophobic, and I felt... I didn't feel... I felt out of place. I feel very... I feel very at home in Pittsburgh, you know? I do, too. Yeah. That's why I'm here. I made my home here. I've been here for, like, three years, I think, Mm. at this point, and I just, the only reason I could see myself leaving is if I got, like, real career opportunities somewhere else that were a big deal. That actually made sense. Yeah, like, in L.A. or something, if they were like, hey, you can go be, yeah, you can go be a comedian in L.A. and make make a living there, then I would go, but, like, short of that, I probably wouldn't leave. No. And it's funny, because I never expected to find my home this early. I expected to go live in a bunch of different places, but then I got to know Pittsburgh, and I was like, this is my place. This is it. I yeah. I love it here. Me too. Anyway, $300 <laughs> rent in New York. Yeah. I understand why Elaine's trying to get in on that, but unfortunately, it does not work out for her. I, ha- I have a line, I have a note here in my notes that just says, I fucking love Elaine, and I don't know what that was in reference to, but as always, I thought Elaine's she looked so great. I looked at her and I was like, man, she's so much prettier than I remember her being when I was a kid. Like, she's so beautiful, yeah. just like naturally beautiful. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is such she's a beautiful gorgeous. woman. Like, I don't know, I guess I didn't think that back then, but man, she's hot. Yeah. Um, I think, I think what I was referencing in my notes was at the end, after the funeral and everything, Jerry and George and Elaine are just chatting in the diner, and Elaine is just making fun of Jerry, because I guess he did he did really badly in his latest softball yeah. game, and she's just making fun of him, and it was so great. I love when she Elaine just, is just, like, being smug and, like, just stupid. I just, awesome. I just, I love yeah. it. Um... George was only in two scenes in this episode. Yeah. But he was so fucking funny in the one where Jerry and Elaine are just talking about the funeral. Like, they're just talking about the funeral, and George just (laughs) interjects with, I just don't see how an opportunity will arise for me to have sex ever again. again. I just don't think it's gonna happen. (laughs) And we just start cracking up, because, like, what? It is just not relevant in any way. And then immediately after he finishes, Jerry and Elaine just go back to talking go about the funeral. No one addresses this. It was just a comment. It just happens. It and then a it's mortality comment. Like, what? 
just don't see how the opportunity would arise for me to have sex ever again. <laughs> and it was never addressed. <laughs> they're just never like, they're not like, oh, oh, I'm sure you'll find someone, George. Or don't worry, Nothing. George. It's just like, okay, well, back, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, poor George. Oh, yeah, <laughs> poor George. I feel like that happens to me so often that I am hyper aware in conversation with other people for, like, if someone makes a comment that goes unaddressed, I make sure to, like, address it, you know? Because I don't want anyone to have that horribly awkward moment where you're in a group conversation and you say something and nobody, like, pays attention to it, you know? Yeah. Like, that sucks. Like, you say something and everyone is just like... We're gonna keep talking about this other thing. We're just gonna go off on our own thing. Whenever that happens, I always make sure to, like, turn around and be like, hey, I heard what you said, and I want you to know that I I heard it, and it's okay. Yeah. It happened. But yeah, this is, um, amazing episode. Like, top to bottom, like, so funny. I laughed. We laughed the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. Even Jerry's stand-up bits. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what was his last bit about? Oh, it was about ponies. Yeah. And he's talking about, like, oh, do we genetically engineer ponies? Can we make them as small as we want to? Which, by the way, ponies occur naturally in nature. They're not genetically engineered. But it was still funny. He talks about, yeah, engineering a pony that's so tiny you can use it as, like, a Monopoly piece. Yes, yes. Which is an adorable thought. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't, like... kid-friendly. It wasn't a hilarious bit, but it was was decent. And none of his bits were, like old-timey sexist, like a lot of his bits are. Like, women like to do this thing. Like, none of it was like that. Yeah, nope, nope. It was all funny, and it was all relevant still. That's the thing we found, is that a lot of Jerry's stand-up is dated Mm -hmm. uh, now in 2015, but nothing in this episode, nothing in this episode felt dated, really. Nope. It was all still very relevant. That's probably why it was so funny. Yeah. You could still apply it right now. It was very, yeah, very universal, and definitely, not every episode of the show holds up, but this one certainly does. And yeah, top to bottom, so funny. Like, from the first moment to the last moment, I was entertained slash yep. laughing. I would give this episode a five thumbs up out of five. It was definitely the best one so far. <laughs> definitely. Awesome. I would, I would recommend... If you, I mean, I'm assuming everyone who listens to this has seen Seinfeld, because, like, who hasn't? But if you either haven't seen Seinfeld or just haven't seen a lot of it, and you're wondering where to start, and you don't want to watch every single episode, I would say this is a good one to start with. That's a good idea. Season 2, episodes 2. Start with this one, because it's really funny, it's early on, it's sort of finding its footing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a serialized enough show that you'll feel like you're missing out on anything if you just jump into this episode. you won't miss anything. Yeah, it's not, not like it's building off of past plot lines or anything. It's it's a fun place to jump in, and it, it's really funny. Very. But yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, okay, so we are going to do our last segment where we talk about the fashion <laughs> in this episode. Ooh. And I don't have as much to say about this one as I have in others. I feel like there were a lot of scenes of people, like, sitting down. We didn't mm-hmm. get a whole lot of, like, outfit didn't shots. Didn't see the outfits. Jerry's dad has this, like, plaid, like, suit jacket sort of thing that Jerry's mom keeps getting upset about. It's, like, a running joke in the episode. But I liked that jacket. I was down with it. Yeah. I think, what's the big deal? I thought it looked Let him wear whatever he wants to wear. 
He's willing to get dressed up, that's the first step. Yeah, I mean, he's wearing a jacket, so... Hey, why not? As opposed to Jerry's mom, who was wearing, like, crewneck bedazzled sweaters. It was horrible. Honestly, he's... Your husband is dressed better than you. Leave him alone. It's true. In the one scene where they're, like, hanging out in Jerry's apartment, he's wearing this, like, pastel-colored polo. It's, like, (laughs) either check marks or plaid or, like, a really large sort of pattern print, and it's all pastel, and he's wearing these, like, pastel blue pants that are, like, pulled Pulled up up a little bit so you can see his shins. Yeah, it's bad. So funny. The lower belly pooch is, like, in the pants, yes, and the upper belly is such, in the sweater. It's really bad. Such an old person outfit. Ugh. It was so funny. I loved it. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, Jerry's hair bad. is always bad. It's always bad. It's still really bad. Some kind of mullet or something. I don't know. Um, it's bad. just like that blow-dried backwards yes, thing. Yes, the blow-dried like really back bad. half-mullet. I swear. There are times when his hair is longer and it looks even worse. At least at this point, yeah, it's not super long and it's like tolerable. But it's not good. Jerry, get a get a hairstyle, like any hairstyle. Yeah, he that's not just have like style. Blah, a blob on my head. It's bad. Elaine's hair looked great this whole episode. She was doing the really like loose sort of loose pulled curls. back. Oh, she looked like Renaissance yes. vixen. She was oh gorgeous. Sometimes she does uh, this thing where she pulls her hair really tight against her head and mm-hmm. it doesn't look good, but this episode she's doing... Or the tight doing, curls. No, yeah. she... I don't like her with the tight curls. It like, was really loose, Carol like, from ER. flowing. No, it's yeah. like really loose and gorgeous. She was beautiful. She looked great. I kept thinking she looked so much prettier than I ever remembered her being in Seinfeld, so... Did you watch Seinfeld when you were, like, always. as it was airing? Yeah. Yeah, my, my parents always watched Seinfeld, so we would have dinner and sit down and watch Seinfeld in, like, South Park or whatever the hell was on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, always Seinfeld, Friends, those mm-hmm. were, I think, in succession on the same channel. So, yeah, I mean, I was, what, 10 when this came out? I was definitely eating dinner when this episode That's came crazy. out. That's yeah, crazy! Yeah, yeah, we would always watch our sitcoms. Uh, yeah, um, Elaine looked great. George was, George is usually, like, kind of a fashion dark horse. Like, you never expect him to be fashionable, but every episode so far, he's looked really good. George always is in fashion, I think. Yeah, this episode, I didn't notice anything super. Exactly. But he... But yeah, I didn't notice that he looked bad. Because you didn't notice it, it probably means he's pretty current. Yeah. Which means he was way ahead of the times back then. Like, he wasn't, like, in some episodes, I look at him, I'm like, damn, George, you look sharp. I, I didn't notice anything this episode, but it still wasn't bad. Yeah. He's still doing way better than Jerry. Totally. Who is mostly just wearing his softball outfit? You in notice this episode. everything. Yeah, always looks. Jerry bad. just yeah, he doesn't. He just doesn't dress himself well, and his suits never fit. And oh boy, yeah. Elaine usually is does really well in terms of fashion, but this episode I felt like she did okay. Like she wore a lot of like sort of loose fitting collared stuff that mm-hmm. isn't terrible, but just wasn't great. It was, like, kind of 80s throwback. Yeah. It was, like... I mean, it is 91, It's so. 91, but still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, she she wasn't as great as usual, but still not terrible. I did make a note that I like that she reuses her jackets. She has, like, two or three different jackets, and she'll wear the same one in different episodes. Nice. And I like that, because it is, like, a stupid tiny pet peeve of mine, 
but I still notice it when every single episode the female characters have a new outfit. Different outfit. Doesn't yeah, happen with the male real. characters as, as much. They'll reuse yeah. their outfits, but the women will wear a completely different ensemble every yes. single episode. Real life. We gotta use that stuff. Even female characters who are meant to be, like, not rich, you know? They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, she's a poor waitress just struggling to get by. Then how come she has a different top and jacket for every, every single day single of the day. year? Like, yep. So, yeah, I like, because Elaine wears That's a jacket smart. in That's this one writing. that she's worn yeah. before, yeah. I like that. I mean, I get that it's, like, if I were the wardrobe person on a show, I would want to have fun with it, but it's more relatable and it saves money. Yeah, big time. To reuse the clothes, so... Come on. Yeah, mix and match, man. But yeah, the the fashion in this episode, it's in general, yeah. wasn't horrible, but there was nothing that stood out to me as like, wow, that looks great. <laughs> Not great, no. Uh, a <laughs> lot of old people in this episode, so that might yeah. be why. <laughs> Kramer's still wearing the same sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like Argyle. Bowling shirts. Crap. With the... Bowling shirts, Yeah. With the bowling pants. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I had more interesting things to say about the fashion this episode, but whatever. Elaine's hair, that's the only thing Elaine's that was hair really was great. positive. She looked amazing. She does look, I never thought of it, but you said, like, renaissance-y. Like, so yeah, she beautiful. does. Like, she really came through, like, beautiful in this episode, and I don't remember her as being that from Seinfeld, so... That was that was refreshing. I was like, oh yeah, she. I love her. that about she Elena. Is that she's a very attractive woman, but the emphasis is never on yeah. like, look how hot this female no. character is. She's like, like the normal person that's a good-looking person, but they don't do that. That's like yeah. normal. I wish yeah. that would happen more. Where it's it needs like, to happen. this actress is beautiful, and that's great. But we're not just like, look how hot this yes! person is. Look at her body. Yes! Look at it. Like, yeah, no, she's just being a normal person, she's and just, she just happens to be absolutely. really, really gorgeous. But yep. we don't. People will notice that your star is hot without you having to just like point neon arrows at like, look Absolutely. at how hot this person is. Obviously, like how many seasons, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we know Elaine is gorgeous, and yeah. you didn't have to put her in skin tight clothes and like you know high heels for us to notice. It that. was probably more of a like rolled out of bed look with her hair, yeah. but she looked hot, and I definitely noticed that. I'm not trying to be like super second wave feminist about this. Like, no, if you want to wear, like, super tight clothes and stuff, like, that's great. If your character is a woman who would, like, dress with the intention of showing off, that's fine. There's no shame in that, and I absolutely support that. But Elaine is not that character, and they didn't try to make her that character. And I think that says a lot. And, I mean, they did have to kind of be... Like, they had to add a female into the show to become more relatable. Like, Elaine wasn't something that Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David were like, yes, we want a woman in our gang. It was just kind of like, oh, well, if you want people to watch, you need to have a woman. Yeah. But I think they did a really good job with her. They did a great job They did a great job. She looks like any normal woman you would meet. She is a person. She's She's not the girl. Like, you get that a lot in ensemble comedies where there's, like, or not even just comedies, like, just any movie or show where there's, like, one girl and she is the girl. The girl. Like, Jennifer Aniston or whoever else. It's, like, the girl. Yeah. Like, yeah, you'll have, like, an action movie where it's, like, a bunch of dudes and then just, like, one girl. And her job is to, like... Be hot and be the one exactly. But Elaine is never like this. Is the girl character? She is just a character. 
She's like a person. Else. Yeah, they're all they're very even footing. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, like Seinfeld has a hard time with it's a little sexist and it's outdated comedy bits sometimes. Mm-hmm. But its treatment of Elaine, I think, is very feminist. I agree. And it holds up. Yeah, for sure. Every single episode of this show, I end up talking at, like, for, like, 10 or 15 minutes about how awesome Elaine is and how much I love her, but... I mean, I wish we could have seen her dancing in this episode. That's the only <laughs> I want to get up and dance like Elaine right now because I love the way she dances. I just didn't get to see it in this one, so. A friend of mine That's listened sad. to these episodes and was, like, messaging me about the show and was like, your stance on Elaine isn't clear yet. Could you please clarify? Oh. And I was like, I'm sorry I talk so much about Elaine, but I'm not sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything? Do you have any final thoughts mm, on I'm this good. episode? I'm just, just drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I have Whew. any final thoughts. It was a really, really good episode. Yeah. Very and I good really episode. recommend it. Like, definitely. If someone asked me at this point, like, what episode of Seinfeld do you recommend, I would say this one. Definitely start And that with might this change one. as I, mean, I watch more. There's a lot more, of other but... episodes that resonate with me throughout the years. I was secretly hoping it would be like the bro or whatever but this is a great one and i forgot about this episode so it's awesome well you can you can come back on future episodes well i'll get you for another classic app yes (laughs) uh yeah amanda is there anything you want to plug any social media any projects anything you just like on the internet that you want people to see no Uh, (laughs) i'm not super savvy um, no, I'm good. Uh, maybe next time I'll have a little bit, you know, a little bit more prepared, so. All right. I'm a little drunk right now. <laughs> uh, well, that's the point. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, what do I want to plug this week? Uh, as always, you can follow me on Instagram, at squirrelhanded. Don't ask me to explain. I will explain. It's a strong bad email reference, if you like the Homestar Runner videos. That was my that was my introduction to comedy, I think, is the Homestar Runner website when I was in middle school. <laughs> wow. That's going back. Yeah. Wow. Old time internet. Um I I'm not gonna tell you my Twitter yet. That will probably happen soon. I'm just not confident enough to go all out. But honestly I need to embrace I need to embrace the fact that this is who I am now. Someday I will come public with, I will put my full name on this podcast and I will tell you my Twitter, but I want to wait a little while because I don't want to screw up my chances at employment if it turns out I can't make a living off of entertainment stuff, which is very possible. So for now, I'm not going to tell you my Twitter to keep things safe. Anyway, watch my favorite cartoon on Hulu. It's regular show from Cartoon Network. I just finished watching all the episodes on Hulu. It's there. It's a good show. Uh, Cartoon Network has a bunch of good shows, even if you are an adult. All right, that's my plug for this week. And thanks for listening, friends. Remember to rate and review on iTunes, because you can do that now. And I don't want my own review to be the only one up there. (laughs) All right, thanks, friends. I'll see you hopefully next week if I can keep on schedule. Goodbye.